The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Kazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I hope you are all doing well. You should be doing well on this Monday, even though it's the start of a work week for many of you. It's the first time we get to celebrate a Bengals win in 2020, and really for a long time. It's been a long time since the Cincinnati Bengals have won a game, so we're going to talk about the headlines surrounding the Bengals' win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll chat about that some headlines both uh, coming over the wire late yesterday and then of course some news today we'll also cover some interesting stuff around the NFL a lot of different news and notes emerging as uh, the Monday the work week unfolds I mean it's crazy there's a lot of different stuff going going on around the league um, and we'll get to it Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. We're going to get to all these news and notes. I'm going to share my screen and share these articles and whatnot with you. Happy to have you with us if you're joining us live or if you're listening to this program after the fact. Thank you. You can also get other great programs outside of the Orange and Black Insider on the Cincy Jungle podcast channel, including Orange is the New Black, which is with Ace Boogie and Zim Hude, uh, part of the New Stripe City uh, YouTube channel. So go check that out. And then of course, Matt Minnick contributes with chalk talk, um, goes, does a lot of video breakdowns of things. And I'm sure he's got a lot to say in the Bengals win this week. We'll be getting some more videos and, and podcast episodes from him. So thanks for all of the support of the Cincy jungle podcast channel. We greatly appreciate it. We're going to go through news and notes, and then we've got a special announcement at the end of the program. We'll be here for just a little bit as we run through it. So let's get going here. I'm going to start sharing my screen and we're going to start with something that by now probably a lot of people know, but it bears repeating. This is Marissa Contepelli right here um, talking about Joe Mixon being in the hospital for about three hours on Saturday night. She's, she wrote this yesterday. He was having trouble breathing and uh, he it was hurting his chest to run. He knew that at 11 a.m., Sunday, not today anymore, but he would be able to play. And boy, did he have a game for the Cincinnati Bengals, over 150 rushing yards, three total touchdowns, 180 plus yards from scrimmage. Arguably his best game as a pro is the second highest rushing amount, but highest total scrimmage yards amount as a pro running back. So 
and then the highest amount of touchdowns as well that he's had in the game. So you have to probably think that that was his finest game coming off of what sounds like a pretty scary situation. Details are starting to emerge there, but uh, definitely wanted to relay that and give the thumbs up to Joe, not only for his performance and toughing that out, but uh, the fact that he is okay and uh, got through that situation. You know, you got to, it sounds a little scary. So sounds, uh, sounds like he's better though. And obviously he showed it on Sunday making great play after great play for the Cincinnati Bengals. So in case you hadn't heard that one, we thought we would share that. And speaking of Joe Mixon, the Bengals have a little history based on their performance, their offensive performance against the Jaguars. And this is on cincyjungle.com, this article by Adam Haste. Um, Via Ben Baby of ESPN and other outlets, um, Joe Mixon's the first Bengal with two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown in a game since Corey Dillon in 01. Um, And fourth time ever in Bengals history, the Bengals have thrown for 300 yards and rushed for 200 um, since Boomer in 88, not 86. So um, a lot of different... A lot of different little check marks being made there. Hey, a lot of people are saying, look at the opponent, right? Jacksonville, not a great opponent. And, you know, Bengals were on their home turf. They deserve to win. But, hey, Jacksonville's coming off a longer week from that Thursday night game. Jacksonville, uh, you know, they've had to have some injuries and some roster attrition that they've had to deal with. But, you know, they've been scrappy. They've got to win. And, you know, it's a game – even if it's a stepping stone foundational piece for the Bengals right now as a team in rebuild mode, it's a game that they should have won. And they won by, I mean, it it was a, it was a one possession game, but really, I mean, the game was out of hand, you know, about midway through the fourth quarter. So it's a game they should have won and they did. And so you got to give, you got to give the Bengals credit and you got to, um, regardless of who the opponent is, and this week coming up against the Ravens is a big litmus test for the Cincinnati Bengals and the progress they've made. As you remember, the Ravens, especially once last year in Baltimore, they really, really took it to the Bengals. It was a total, total nightmare game for the Bengals. So they obviously remember that. And if you saw on Bengals.com or their social media accounts, et cetera, they uh, Zach Taylor addressed the team afterward, giving game balls and all of that, and they were celebrating the win in the locker room. But one of the things he closed with when he was talking to his team is, Baltimore Ravens this week, that's all I'm going to say. Let's get to work. So it sounds like the Bengals are taking it seriously. By most accounts, they had their best week of practice leading up to the Jacksonville game, and it led to a win. So you got you to gotta like that. Also, kind of alongside that um, historical – Piece of pieces of information I just shared with you on the Bengals' offense, etc. Joe Mixon, uh, excuse me, Joe Burrow throwing for three straight uh, three hundred yard games. That's you know in itself a very just a very gaudy statistic. And he's uh, I believe Pro Football Focus had him as the sixth most efficient passer. His passer rating on the year is about at ninety. And guys, this is with two missed touchdown catches by Drew Sample in the end zone. You could, my co-host John Sheeran pointed out, maybe a little, maybe a little tiny bit of accuracy issues on those throws by Joe Burrow, but balls that went through Drew Sample's hands on two different occasions, you know, other guys dropping passes, T Higgins dropped a deep ball, um, you know, the misses to AJ Green and all of that throughout the, the first couple of weeks. And 
here we are. He's still up there as one of the better passers in the league already four games in, no preseason. Jack Collinsworth, Chris Collinsworth's son, who also works for NBC Sports and Pro Football Focus alongside his dad, made an interesting tweet basically saying that these first four games for Joe Burrow and the Bengals are one, two, and one. First four games, he has three, 300, three straight 300-yard passing games, six touchdowns, two interceptions, taking care of the football. Basically, Jack, Jack Collinsworth made a really interesting comment on Twitter last night basically saying that these four first four games that we've seen from Joe Burrow and those performances, I mean, that's like his preseason. There were no preseason games. That's how these are the games he has had to use to warm up uh, the, right into the regular season. Snap one, and uh, he's he's passing the test. So um, looks like the Bengals have another great franchise quarterback in the making here with Joe Burrow. We think we knew that, but each week he continues to impress all of us. Let's keep going on here. I'm going to share one that I usually share with you. It's the Bengals news links for October 5th. And uh, you can see first of many. Hopefully that is <laughs> hopefully that is the case. Patrick Judas writing this one, putting this one together, um, <clears throat> talking a lot about the the you know the big offensive explosion yesterday. I think we all saw the locker room celebration. If you follow the Bengals on any social media account, you probably saw that. Um, here's one that's interesting, and this is via Bengals.com here. What Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow said after the win, some of their post-game quotes. That's how you want it to look. You want it to you want to be able to play with a lead and get into your playbook. Our guys allowed us to do that. Joe Mixon and Gio Bernard were running hard when they had opportunities. They got us in good situations that allowed us to play how we wanted to play. And I think a lot of people began to credit Zach Taylor for the play calls yesterday. Yeah, there were there were a couple little dry spells, but I think in the second half, the Bengals scored points on every single one of their possessions, which is what you want to do in the second half. And that's called adjustments. And we know that the Bengals, whether it's under Marvin Lewis or whoever, have had traditional struggles making halftime adjustments. So when you see that, you gotta like you gotta like some of the things there. And look, when it's amazing what happens when your offensive line blocks. And it's amazing the kind of plays that you're able to run when you're not when you're not pigeonholed into doing only one or two things well um, and, and making your quarterback throw the ball 60 times, right? So that's why you saw these jet sweeps to T. Higgins, Alex Erickson, Tyler Boyd. That's why you were able to see a little bit of Gio Bernard and a, little, and a lot of Joe Mixon. That's why you were able to see the ball being spread around quite a bit and, and Joe Burrow largely taking care of the football. The interception, I would say, is not really on him. Um, maybe make a little bit different throw there, but, I mean, Drew Sample's got to come down with that ball and he's got to come down with the other one. Fortunately, in the second instance, Joe Mixon uh, had the touchdown reception there. So it, look, when, when you're able to block up front, it's no secret. You're able to kind of get it. You're, you're, you started to see some of the creativity from Zach Taylor that got him this job and got him uh, his, the reputation of being an offensive genius, so to speak. So when you're able to block, you're able to open up the playbook. And this is exactly what he's talking about. You're able to open up the playbook and you're able to do a lot of different things and keep a defense on its heels. That's why you're able to run the ball for over 200 yards and you're able to ha still have a 300 yard passer. When you have that, 
it's very difficult to lose a football game if you put up those kind of statistics. It's it's very difficult. So uh, kudos to Zach Taylor in the offense. Still not a perfect game. As I mentioned, you know, the interception, whoever you want to <laughs> whoever you want to blame for that. Um, the interception, the Bengals got an interception early in the game and they didn't do anything with it. So, um, in fact, <laughs> they punted the ball in the end zone, I believe, uh, after that interception for a touchback. So that was just not ideal. But, hey, they got the win and um, they started getting it going late in the game there. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza. We're going to run through some more Bengals headlines and some NFL headlines. And then we've got an announcement at the end of the program that we will share with you as well. So go check out that link over at Bengals.com with a lot of quotes with Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, post-game quotes. Very interesting. And obviously Joe Burrow in a much happier mood this week, getting his first win as a pro and uh, not a tie, not a loss. He got his first win. Uh, interesting story, um, and I, I need to find where it is, but interesting story. I guess his game ball, Joe Burrow got a game ball from Zach Taylor for his performance in this, and uh, shortly after he received it, he gave it back to the trainers, kind of tongue-in-cheek saying that it was a, you know, it was a ball that was still in good shape, and they want to keep, you know, I don't know. He wanted to keep, he wanted the team to keep the ball to use it in further games. So, I, I don't know. He gave back the game ball, I guess. Um, Joe Burrow did, which was which was kind of interesting. But um, you see here, Jaguars offense has no margin for error as the defense struggles. This is from SI.com. Um, you know, basically, it, it points out that the Jaguars kind of had opportunities to take control of the game, and they kept uh, they kept doing it. And really, it was a little surprising that they that Jay Gruden had decided to abandon the run. Um, you know, it was working at times pretty effectively. There were, I will say this, in, in rewatching the game last night, there were some plays that the Jags made that I, you know, I kind of slipped in the back of my mind. I didn't think about, but there were some plays that the Jaguars made, some good runs, et cetera, that were called back on critical penalties a couple of on a couple of occasions, and then they they kind of, you know, were put into second and long, third and long type of situations forcing them out of run situations. And then all of a sudden you punt the ball, the Bengals are scoring points and then you're down and then the run game has gone. But so I kind of understand that in one respect, but uh, you know, there were, there were some, there were some points in the game where Jacksonville was getting some chunk yardage on the ground. Uh, the, the Bengals defense is not perfect. And when they, I, I rewatched that game, like I said, last night, two of those three sacks that the Bengals got were coverage sacks. I think I said that on the post-game show yesterday, but, um, you know, <clears throat> and then that's great. I mean, that shows that the pass defense is pretty solid, but the Bengals need to ramp up their pass rush this week against Baltimore. We hope that Geno Atkins will return. No word on that quite yet. We'll know more as the week progresses. I'm inclined to think that after a month, he would be good to go, but, you know, we also thought that he would play in the Eagles game, and here we are, two two games <laughs> he didn't play then and he didn't play against Jacksonville. So uh, I would, I would hope that he's coming back there. Uh, some of our good friends running another great podcast, uh, Jake Liskow and James Rapine, a lot of other podcasts out there, Bengals podcast, a lot of good ones. So check out those, of course, after you check out ours, <laughs> go check out those other ones. There are a lot of good, good guys and gals out there doing some great stuff, covering the Bengals that are, not employed by ESPN, the Inquirer, et cetera. Those guys are all great too, but 
Um, a lot of different, a lot of different sources for Bengals insight. So check those out. Um, let's see here. I mean, a lot of these are just kind of some more, um, this one's interesting here. Joe Burrow picks up his first win and makes NFL history from Yahoo sports. He does set the rookie record. This is basically kind of what I was alluding to earlier. Um, it's the third straight game with at least 300 yards, something of which no other rookie has ever done. So uh, you got to – that was that was kind of what I was alluding to before about uh, the record there, and that was from Yahoo.com. But um, you got to tip your hat, hat to him. And, and, look, this is that record again, yesterday not really withstanding, but with poor pressure uh, given up by the offensive line, poor protection – um, not a semblance of a running game to lean on and really kind of predictable. Uh, I mean, one dimensional type of offense. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta continue to be impressed with Joe Burrow. Uh, some other news here. Uh, I know a lot of us wanted to pile on and I know I did pile on Randy Bullock for his missed kick in week one that, um, you know, you could say cost the Bengals the game, but you know, as we all know in football, there are a number of different plays and a lot of different instances that one can point to. And, you know, unfortunately the, the job of a kicker is pretty one or two dimensional. And when you don't succeed, uh, that definitely magnifies things. And that was a critical situation, but Randy Bullock, after missing that kick and injuring his calves, uh, this is by my esteemed co-host John Sheeran on CincyJungle.com, and many have pointed it out. Look, this guy's this guy's playing well since three games since. He's absolutely perfect on field goal attempts and extra point attempt attempts, and he was four of four yesterday on field goals. He was three. Uh, what was he? Two of two. Uh, I'm sorry, three of three on extra points. So. You know, hey, he's 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 doing pretty well, and some of these are in the you know forty. You can see here, he's had four kicks from forty to forty nine yards away. Uh, so these aren't gimme shots, uh, <laughs> which is really really ironic, given the fact that he missed the thirty one yarder, which is a gimme attempt. But there was a there was a point here, and again, John pointed it out in this article. But there was a point here. The Bengals had. They were up by one possession, and they kind of just chugged down the field, ate up a lot of clock, and needed a field goal to really put the game away, ice it, and put Jacksonville into you know their their scramble mode, their two minute offense mode to try and get as many points as possible. But at that point, it was kind of sealing the game, and they they would slam the door shut. He hits he hits a, a you know a thirty yard field goal, and it was not not really easy weather to kick in. Uh, yesterday some rain it would come and go so you know you got to I understand what happened and I know there are still questions in terms of hey can he kick how consistent can he be at 50 plus is he going to kick a a game-winning field goal in crunch time against a you know a solid team to get the team to get the Bengals a win Uh, some of these questions are going to remain but for now Randy Bullock is kicking the ball a lot better since that miss it's his only miss of the year and maybe bringing in Austin Seibert as a little fire under him 
may have increased his <laughs> willpower to succeed a bit more. Who knows? But kudos to Randy Bullock for at least now the last three games really stepping up and giving the team a lot of points and not missing a single kick that he has been asked to make so far. So let's go around the league. We've got some interesting, interesting news to get to. This came across the wire and why I was a couple more minutes late than I thought I would be. Uh, Came across the wire right before I, I took the air here on Monday afternoon. Texans owner Cal McNair has fired Bill O'Brien as coach and GM as of Monday afternoon. The Houston Texans are on a winless start to the season, and there have been some really questionable trades and other moves that Bill O'Brien has made or not made to improve this football team. And I think, unfortunately – the McNair family who owns the the Houston Texans. I think they're seeing a window that is remaining open for a championship as you have Deshaun Watson, a, a very exciting quarterback. And, you know, you've invested on the offensive line, but you got rid of his best weapon in DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, you kind of shed some other players. Bill O'Brien has ruffled feathers of players in the past. Um, if, you, if you remember seeing this team on – or seeing Bill O'Brien on hard knocks, you know, he's, he's got kind of a mouth on him and uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it fires people up for sure, but it also can work against him, rub some people the wrong way. And um, you know, I think it was time for the, at least the Texans felt it was time for them to move on, but that's, that's two vacancies in one there. Uh, J- head coach and GM uh, more details to emerge there, but that look, I mean, we can criticize the Bengals and what they've done. And really Houston's been, you know, pretty successful. They've made a lot of, had a lot of playoff appearances and they beat the Bengals a couple of times in the playoffs in the Andy Dalton era. So I I understand that there's a little bit of envy there, but for right now and how they have, some of the moves they have made of late has really got to be called into question. And, um, you know, Bill O'Brien now, because of those, controversial decisions is now out of a job. I, d- I would not be surprised to see him land on his feet. I don't know about this season, but would not be surprised to see him land on his feet very soon as in next year, whether that's back with Bill Belichick, whether that's at the college ranks or what have you, I don't know, but I would not be surprised to see him generate a lot of interest. Uh, you know, he, he's kind of a lightning rod type of guy for a lot of different reasons, but um, you know, I think I think he will be a well sought after guy after, um, you know, maybe next offseason. But we'll see. Interesting news, though, coming out of Houston on Monday afternoon. This is, as we know, the, the NFL is a somewhat of a copycat league and you've got a struggling Dolphins team. Uh, they lost to the Seahawks on Sunday you got a struggling Dolphins team who's got a Tua Tagovailoa on the bench, and they are watching the Bengals get wins with or a win with Joe Burrow. They are watching Justin Herbert throw the ball very well for the Chargers. And now with the Dolphins having only one win to their name, uh, they beat the Jaguars, who the Bengals just played on Thursday night. Uh, and if you watch, Ryan Fitzpatrick had the most epic, absolutely epic post-game outfit ever. 
go check, go Google that. It's pretty awesome. Anyway, Ryan Fitzpatrick, not generating a lot of points. We look, if you've watched Ryan Fitzpatrick's career, he's probably saw it back in 08 when he was with the Bengals. Um, you know, there are times he's a streaky guy. He'll string together two, three games in a row with high production, throw a couple of wins in there, get your team to be competitive. But then there are really low valleys in terms of production as well. And the losses tend to kind of string together when Fitzpatrick's the quarterback. Um, so it's kind of a feast or famine type of thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick when you have him as your quarterback. Obviously, Miami wanted to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick and have him be their starter this year, let Tua learn behind him uh, for maybe an entire year. And obviously, Tua had that offseason hip surgery and all of that. So they want to make sure that he's healthy if and when they're ready to go. But Brian Flores didn't. He, he was asked in the post-game conference about post-game press conference about the quarterback situation. And he says, quote, I understand this is on NFL.com. I understand where everybody's coming from with Tua and I get all that. At the same time, he's a young player. He's coming off the injury. So we'll make the decision on the starter. But I would presume that's going to be Fitz, Fitzpatrick. So we might be seeing Tua. Sooner rather than later. I don't know if that means week five or week nine or what have you. But the Miami Dolphins are probably keeping a peripheral, you know, using their peripheral vision to see. Joe Burrow's doing some things over here that are really good. Justin Herbert's putting up points and getting the Chargers in the mix in games. Uh, ironically, the Chargers' only win is against the Cincinnati Bengals. We've talked about that with the Randy Bullock situation, but that's their only win to this point. They almost beat Tampa in Tampa in a shootout. Justin Herbert looked pretty good throwing a couple of bombs. So, you know, Miami's probably seeing this and saying, we need a spark here, and we drafted this kid for a reason. If he's healthy, let's get him out there. So we will see when Tua gets his name called. I don't know if it'll be this week, but there was not a true full committal to Ryan Fitzpatrick by Brian Flores, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And going around the AFC North, the Cleveland Browns suffered a significant, significant loss on offense in their running back, Nick Chubb. If you remember, Nick Chubb uh, had a big game against the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night. He's going to miss, it says several weeks. This is on ESPN.com. Jake Trotter writing this one. Other um, other outlets I'm seeing are reporting about six weeks. So they're on, he's on that IR. And as you know, IR this, this year is a little different because of COVID and just some rule changes, et cetera. IR is a little different. There's a shorter term stint that teams can use instead of the, you know, the entire season or, you know, the, the eight, 10 week type of window, and then you can call him to return. So uh, Adam Schefter here says doctors think he'll miss about six weeks. So that will be a big speed bump in the Cleveland Browns season. They had been playing very well. They're three and one. They just got in. They just beat Dallas in Dallas. Um, I think it was, 48 to 30 something. And so they had a, a two possession win over the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas and they're three and one. The only loss they have is to the Baltimore Ravens where they got just ran out of the building by Baltimore. So look, <clears throat> um, it's, it's part of, it's part of 
the NFL, obviously injuries and dealing with this, they do have another talented back in Kareem Hunt that they can lean on for this week. But that's that's going to change a lot of things for the Cleveland Browns, I would think. And, you know, you have to always – their formula with their running backs and why they have – they have those guys specifically so that they can mix both in and keep each other fresh and continue to run the football basically at will. So that – the Chubb injury is a big one, and that's, that's not good for the Cleveland Browns. And we'll see what – if they – end up, you know, entering a tailspin or what have you in terms of wins losses without Nick Chubb in their lineup for at least a month and a half. It sounds we'll see. Well, we got to a lot of different news for the Cincinnati Bengals and around the NFL, around the AFC North, that sort of thing. So I appreciate you joining us. I said at the onset, we will have an announcement. So Let's, let's divulge it here. I was actually before, and again, one of the reasons why I came on a little later today than I usually do on Mondays is because I was on a call with uh, someone in uh, someone with Amazon and someone who is the sports director of uh, Amazon, Alexa, Fire TV, that sort of thing. And uh, they are piloting a sports coverage, NFL sports coverage type of initiative through Alexa and through fire TV in which yours truly in this program will be uh, able to be found at least for week five, since it's a pilot program, we don't know exactly how it's going to unfold, but for week five, if you have a fire TV, if you have an Alexa, my understanding is that you will be able to see yours truly on a little preview of week five going forward. So um, we'll, we'll definitely shoot that out to you when we know more, but if you have that, if you have one of those Alexas that has the video screen or like I said, fire TV, or even if you have the audio Alexa that uh, you know, you can, you can say, Hey, Alexa, show me some Bengals coverage or what have you. And, and I should be in the queue or this program should be in the queue. So check that out. And what's kind of cool is aside from myself previewing the game, the other uh, someone covering the other team that the Bengals, the opposition will also be, be giving you some insight. So you'll get a little from us, you'll get a little from the, the other side of the fence and uh, a little bite size condensed game preview. So uh, we'll, we'll shoot out more information when we know more just had the call today, but uh, looks like at least for week five um, you can find some more of our stuff on Alexa and fire TV. So um, pretty cool. Uh they, they knew us, they knew our program, and pretty flattered. So check that out if you can, and we'll let you know more as that potentially develops. Pretty exciting. Thanks for tuning in for Monday again. We do, in case you're new here, we do Monday. We do the, the headlines around the league and with the Cincinnati Bengals. We do the Wednesday deep dive show and analysis show with John Sheeran my, and myself. On Wednesday nights, we do listener questions live almost every Friday. And then, of course, we got the pregame show on Sunday, one hour before kickoff by Narragansett Beer. Thanks to them for sponsoring that program. It's been a lot of fun doing that one. We had we had Bengals captain and his lovely wife, Jess Conley, on the program this week from inside Bengals Stadium. It was pretty fun. Uh, part of being on <laughs> live, you saw the guys run out of the tunnel and they were celebrating and stuff. It was, it was pretty cool. So join us. We have a little fun with that. We analyze the game right up to kickoff. And then, of course, I take the air shortly after the game to do the post-game show. So 
Check out any number of our episodes that we put out there. Check out those other great podcasts I mentioned on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. And we thank you for your support. We'll see you Wednesday. Have a good one.